Hi, and welcome to the Hello Live podcast brought to you by the Hello Foundation. I'm your podcast host, Kelly Bodden, and I'm a speech language pathologist based in Portland, Oregon. You will receive 30 minutes of free CEUs for listening to this episode in its entirety. I'll give you instructions on how to document your participation at the end of the episode. I'll also tell you how to get in touch with any questions or comments you have for us. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show. I am Jenny Petticord, and today I'm going to be talking about virtual field trips. And this is really just an in way, uh, way to incorporate live and recorded video into therapy sessions. I'm a speech-language pathologist, and I've been using technology in several ways to get a little more bang for my buck uh, in the therapy room and to also help dissolve the walls between the speech room, the classroom, or the facility walls, um, and or home environments to sort of blur the lines of that. Uh, I work primarily with students in public schools, but I also work in private uh, therapy and then also with adults. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about all the different ways that we can use virtual field trips or recorded or live video into several different settings. Uh, I'm going to be telling you about what a virtual field trip is, the purpose of these field trips. I'll be walking you through the process of this, um, how to use and incorporate our goals, all the nitty gritty on the process. Um, I'll give you some examples of locations, the technology and internet con uh, considerations. Um, and then I'll be giving you at the, at the end of the session or the presentation, I'll be giving you two examples about easy ways to get started in your own therapy space. Um, so here we go. So <clears throat> what is a virtual field trip? Well, this is where your students or your clients or your patients are staying in their classroom or their therapy space. And the speech language pathologist, you, are traveling to an off-site location in order to stream live video or to record video. Um, that's how it started. And there's some alternatives to this where students or clients can be recording their own videos to use in therapy or it can be sending or streaming live video uh, to students or clients elsewhere, such as in a pen pal format. Um, I work in a setting where I often am not on site and I stream video. And so this is a way for me to add an extra element um, and add to what I already use when, I, when I'm on site. Um, adding virtual field trips to my repertoire has added a lot of depth and buy-in to students um, and the clients that I work with. And I know that a lot of people work in different, um, more traditional placements, and I'll be talking about how to incorporate virtu virtual field trips into your practice. Um, I'm using the language of virtual field trips, but you're welcome to call it personal videos or shared videos or whatever it is that's going to be you know, meaningful for you. The difference being that uh, this live or recorded video is around a shared theme and really client-centered, student-centered. It's different from watching a movie or incorporating movies um, that aren't that you made or the students have made. So let me talk a little bit about the purpose um, of the virtual field trip. Again, this adds depth and realism to therapy targets. Um, if you work with students or clients like I do who have limited exposure uh, to settings and you know, opportunities and concepts, 
this introduces those students and clients to locations and concepts and opportunities they might not otherwise have access to. Um, I also incorporate the children's interests when I plan destinations, sort of furthering uh, the way that I can use these. I also have found that it can raise the self-esteem of the children um, by creating a buzz around the field trips within the school or the facility. Um, sometimes I do push into classroom, into general ed classrooms. Um, the entire classroom is seeing me in another location and um, it really is exciting for my students that are in that classroom to see me and have the others, you know, regular ed students be excited about seeing me. The kids really take um, on an active role in planning and brainstorming and really enjoy that. I also use classroom themes in planning destinations. And so again, I can further what I do in the therapy room uh, and blur that line between the speech room and the classroom and the home setting and, and all of those things. Um, so let me talk a little bit about actually how this works. So the example process. So um, once you kind of get your, your head into this space about walking outside of the therapy room, um, there are a myriad of ways to do this. And if you're already using these personal recorded or live streaming video into therapy, please let us know. I'd, I'd love to hear all the different ways that technology is being used in this way. But I'll walk you through sort of a really basic way. Is you're going to pick a location, say for a month. Um, and I'll give you the example of a fire station. This is a, a field trip that I've done in the past. Um, that I email the teachers, letting them know the destination, or I email staff members. If Again, you're talking about other settings. It could be family that you're going to incorporate. So you're letting the families know ahead of time. And you're asking for themes or concepts or vocabulary that they're using in the classroom um, to help incorporate the curriculum uh, and, again, generalize what the students are working on. And you're going to be practicing this in several sessions leading up to the field trip. And I'll talk more about specific goals, but this is where you're really doing your pre-teaching, you're uh, addressing certain skills, question asking, vocabulary, prediction, that kind of thing. I'll talk more about that. Um, and so you're going to be doing some lessons leading up to it. Again, you're going to incorporate curriculum and you're going to have a lot of site specific elements in the session. So again, if you're going to the fire station, you know, you'll have firefighters and the truck and, and sort of prediction and building that concept of, of what's going to be happening at that specific site. Then you have the field trip. And during the group, if you're, if you're streaming live video, which I have find, found is, is one of the really rewarding ways to incorporate this, um, that your groups are really in, involved. The students get up and ask questions. They see you interacting in real time in the setting. Um, and, and so you're going to prep them for what their role might be during that. If you're doing recorded uh, video, you might be asking uh, the questions that the students have developed. Um, or anything that you're incorporating at, at that time. Uh, after your field trip, you have another session or however many sessions to have the kids reflect and give feedback about the experience, talk about their predictions, um, again, loop it back into what they're doing in the classrooms or in the therapy room. Um, and theoretically, you could repeat this process monthly or quarterly. Um, how off, however often that you, you have the time and resources to do this. 
So now that I've talked a little bit about the purpose and the process, uh, I'm going to talk about some example goals. Uh, how can we make this uh, therapeutically appropriate, direct it for our clients and our students? Um, and so let me talk about, again, the goals. Um, these could be things like site-specific vocabulary. So for example, if you're going to the zoo, you're going to have words like polar bear or nocturnal, mammal, wings, fur. You can think about all the different settings that you could go on any sort of field trip and you're going to have that site-specific vocabulary. Um, and you're going to add an extra dimension when you're teaching the vocabulary and teaching the strategies for vocabulary development. Uh, describing is a great one that you can incorporate. Certainly predictions where students use the prior knowledge that they have to make guesses and then comparing their expectations after the fact. Um, another one is comparing and contrasting. How do cold weather animals differ from hot weather animals? Nocturnal versus diurnal, whatever the level is of your vocabulary. And again, my examples here are really centered toward school settings, but you can certainly use other goals um, that could be articulation, whether it's an adult or a student. Um, if you have a student who's homebound, this is a great way to start incorporating goals and get out of the space and have the child really be engaged. So you're gonna have uh, site-themed articulation targets. Um, and if the kids get to ask questions, then they're gonna be practicing articulation or fluency targets while interviewing someone. High school is a great time to be doing these. Um, and even into adulthood, um, there could be some social goals involved in predictive or you know, expected, unexpected. They're really the sky is the limit and you can really tailor this to what it is that you're doing and the needs of your clients and your students and even your staff. Uh, so now I hope I've given you an idea about what this looks like, um, how it can be used, and, and some of the things that relate to the therapy. I'm going to move on a little bit more to the sort of, as I said, the nitty-gritty or the details about considerations you need to start thinking about in preparation for leaving your therapy space. Um, if you're doing recorded video, you have a lot more flexibility during the time of day that you're going, um, how it's going to be built into your schedule. Um, if you're streaming live video, then there's a lot of details to think about ahead of time. Some of those are, do you plan on staying at the location for the whole day? Are you going to be seeing each group? Or do you plan on combining groups to make your stay shorter? Are you going to be streaming into a classroom for one section? Is it a place you can stay all day? Um, do you plan on interviewing anyone or needing staff from your site? That will require you to coordinate your schedules, um, prep them, let them know your specific needs. There might be um, tech support staff. So for example, um, when I went to the Humane Society, they have a great community outreach program uh, and they have great technological support who really helped me uh, navigate some of their internet connectivity issues um, and some incorporated curriculum that they have already developed in their community outreach. And so these are things that you can start anticipating and contacting the location. 
you need to find out if the setting that you're going to has rules about allowing video or audio. For example, uh, I've tried to get into a factory that does tours he, uh, locally. Well, they don't let you stream audio and video. So these are things you kind of need to know ahead of time. What is their policy? Um, what I have found is that once people kind of put their head around what I'm doing is that I'll be coming, I'm just one person, but there's going to be students who are going to be talking and seeing and interacting. Then they, they think it's really interesting, but they're usually happy to help and support in any way that they can. Um, other small details are if you're going to a large place, for example, the zoo, will it take a long time to go from one place to another? For example, seeing different animals. Uh, so that place might lend itself more to recorded video uh, rather than streaming live. And these are all details that you'll start to uh, brainstorm and think about ahead of time as you're interested in incorporating different sites. You're certainly welcome to comment or email me um, if you're thinking about settings and you, you want some a walkthrough or hand-holding or if you've got some great ideas that I can incorporate. Um, I'm going to give you some just simple example locations. Again, it really depends on your clients and your students, your patients, and what your needs are. But, you know, simple things could be the zoo, going to a bakery, going to the police station, the fire station, um, animal shelters, museums, factories, uh, gardens, and, you know, interviewing local notables, whoever that might be. Uh, we have the Blazers local, locally, and wouldn't it be wonderful if I could interview the Blazers and stream into the gymnasium for all the students to see. So uh, try to think of, about, you know, what your ultimate goal is and then lead up to it in small increments. Start small, plan a setting down the street, like your local fire station. And then as you work out some of the uh, details and the kinks in technology, there's always hiccups in technology. Um, then dream big. Um, go to places that would be really meaningful for your for your clients or your students. And if they can't get there um, because of physical uh, issues or because of monetary issues or because of the difficulty scheduling and organizing a mass field trip, you know, where would they really like to go? And sometimes I think you'll be surprised by what they come up with and just their simple interests or their really big dreams that, you know, you hadn't thought about. So incorporate the kids and the, the clients that you're working with. <clears throat> I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the technological, uh, excuse me, technological considerations. Um, as I said, there's always hiccups and um, what you're using might work someplace and not the next place. Um, so, you know, are you using Wi-Fi at the location? You know, is there clear type or citywide coverage? Do you have a USB modem that's prepaid or contract or a hotspot? Um, does the district or the facility that you're streaming into have policies about, you know, using live streaming video? So, for example, if we go back to one of my alternatives where you're using video recordings or live streaming with other students in another location, you really need to know what the district policies are or the confidentiality that's involved with uh, any recordings with students. Um, there's all sorts of HIPAA and FERPA and the um, Internet Protection Act that might be applying here. 
if you're streaming or recording yourself and, and you're just using those videos or using that live streaming in the therapy room or in the classroom, then you're not as limited to um, those kinds of restrictions. But be aware of that. Um, you know, what are the internet connectivity issues if you're streaming live video, both where you're sending and then, you know, at the school or the facility where you're receiving. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what is it the actual um, computer or tablet that you'll be using. And this is pretty flexible. Um, I think a tablet is probably ideal just due to the portability of it. I have an enormous broken laptop and yet it's slightly embarrassing and I still use it. So um, there are several options. You might have other recording devices that, you know, your phone, um, so maybe there's a place that you weren't anticipating going to, but gosh, you would love to record a little video to use in the classroom. Um, for example, I'm going to the Lantern Festival at the Chinese Garden tonight, and I plan on doing some recording from my phone. So anything that takes, you know, video or audio recording, um, but I feel like the tablet is probably your best option given uh, connectivity, given portability. There's probably other devices out there I don't even know about. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit now about the feedback I've received, and then I'm going to go ahead and give you your, your two examples to get started. Um, so from my assistant, and I usually have an assistant, whether that's a paraeducator or an SLPA or a classroom teacher, whoever it is, on the other side. If I'm streaming into my therapy room, I certainly have another adult there. Um, and the feedback that I've gotten is that they're always wowed by how much the kids really like are sharing and talking and laughing. And they're always shocked and amazed the first time this happens, which is surprising because my students see me stream video on a computer often. And so that in itself is, is odd the first time it happens for them. Um, but the background changes and they see me interactive. You know, uh, they see me in new setting, doing the things we have talked about and they're always amazed and they're always shocked and it's a really great feedback. Um, you know, the kids think it's cool, the teachers think it's cool, um, and again, it's blurring those lines between the therapy room and the classroom or the home and the facility or whatever it is um, because we all have video, we all watch TV or see other locations or they can really relate to this. So my feedback has been positive. Now that said, it's not the easiest thing. There are, as I've said, a lot of considerations or hiccups that go through the process, but it has been really rewarding. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed the process. And even just thinking about creative ways to use video or to use technology has been a really rewarding process. So now I want to give you two easy ways to get started. And I think these will work really well for people who are in sort of a traditional school setting or who, who I think you could also extend it into other settings. But um, this, the example I'm going to give is for traditional school settings. Um, and the first one is, you know, say you have a student who's working on generalizing an articulation target, say R, um, and you're at those agonizing phases of really trying to get that kid to generalize targets and you may or may not be seeing motivation. Uh, fifth grader, middle school or high school or whatever, we've all seen those, those sort of last stages of generalizing. 
If you have that student stream live video to another student who is working on the same target in another school in your district. So if you happen to have, you know, another speech pathologist in your district, ideally it would be in the district because then you can navigate confidentiality and recording and all of those things. It might be difficult across districts. Um, but if you have another student, say a fifth grader who's working on R and you have a colleague who has a fifth grader working on R, if you stream live video during their session to that other student, the light bulb turns on. There is no other motivation like another stranger, a kid. And they can build relationships. Um, and it's, it's just a little bit different than having a kid sitting next to you that you've seen for the last six months. So try that, streaming live video, or you can have your kids be working on a presentation that they want to share with another therapy group in another school and they can ask questions uh, or have some back and forth pen pal type relationship with students in other schools. Um, secondly, and I find this one I think is probably a really easy one to get started. Doesn't require much in the way of technological know-how. Um, and if you have students that are working on describing goals or saying different goals, you can ask the parents of the students in one of your groups to record a few seconds of video of their child introducing the family dog. So mom records Susie introducing her chihuahua for 15 seconds. Uh, you get Jose to introduce his dachshund or anybody else that's in the group that their parents willing to take a little video clip on their phone and then email it to you. And then to make it interesting, you get the principal to introduce her corgi, you get the custodian to introduce his miniature pincher, or the school secretary to introduce her Rottweiler. You have everybody email you those video clips, and all you have to do is play the videos, and the kids are gonna go crazy. They're gonna be describing the dogs, comparing contrasting the dogs. They feel exhilarated to have their own home life involved. And again, you might want to have a confident, you know, a release um, from parents for this. It's going to be fun for them to see the custodian's dog and the principal's dog or other staff members' dogs. And they're going to get excited and jazzed about using these skills and talking about these skills. So it doesn't have to be uh, advanced technological skill. It doesn't have to be going to amazing distances. But just the idea of how do we use meaningful video live or recorded to blur those lines and to get a bigger bang for our buck, more buy-in from our students and our clients. So I'd love to hear feedback from you, uh, get therapy ideas. I'm happy to answer questions. Uh, I'm happy to uh, talk more about technology or the remote type of therapy that I sometimes do. Um, so yeah, let me know. It's been my pleasure to talk to you about virtual field trips and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Congrats, you just earned 30 minutes of CEUs approved by the Oregon State Board of Examiners. Wasn't that easy? To document your participation, please visit www.thehellofoundationschools.com slash CEU. You can also find the blog post for this and all of our episodes at www.thehellofoundationschools.com. This is the best way to get in touch with our guests with your questions and comments. And if you want updates about upcoming shows and opportunities to participate, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.